Warning, anime out of context has strong language, spoilers, stupidly wrong ideas, and general silliness. Neither of our hosts are professionals and do not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I learn far more about my masochistic side than I ever wished to. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Alright Remington, we gotta get pumped, we gotta get excited, we gotta get started. This is gonna be a great episode, it's our 11th episode, we gotta get going, it's gonna be great. I am already under the weather. Like, I am already, I've been sick all week, and now I have to deal with some anime bullcrap. Things are not going great for me. Remington, come on, be excited. We've done 10 episodes on to our 11th. It's like a whole new season for us. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've stuck it through this far. Like, I'm ready to go. I'm even wearing all my athletic wear. I got my sweatpants on. I got a t-shirt with a panda that says everything hurts because he's lifting weights and it's adorable. You're, you're very active today. Exactly. And, you know, you have to be active for today, Remington. You know why? Why? Because we're going to talk about something we have no right to talk about. Oh? Sports. <laughs> Oh, I, okay, so I've just made the realization, and I don't know why this hasn't happened sooner, but of course there are sports anime. Yep. In fact, I'd actually like to pose a sub-theorem to your primary theory of our podcast. Okay. Your primary theory being, if you joke about the plotline of an anime, there'll be an anime that exists based on it. Yes, the law of numerous anime. Exactly. I'm going to pose a sub-law. That if there is a sport, there is an anime of it. Okay, interesting options there. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Remington, sports anime are pretty popular. Okay, I don't think I've ever even heard about a sports anime. And see, that's okay, because most anime is either categorized into your action, your drama, your adventure. That's what most people think of when they think of anime, that and all the sexy stuff. Of course. But sports anime are actually insanely popular. More often than not, they tend to be a subgenre of shonen. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But there are also shoujo sports anime. And okay. you want to know why they're so popular, Remington? Why? Because it's a competition. Ah, okay. All right, standard competition, just like any sports movie or anything like that. Everybody loves a good competition and the emotions and complications that arise within it. And that's basically what sports anime are, are just giant competitions or tournament arcs. Uh, okay, so one real big plus, one real big minus. Real big plus, I'm a real big fan of tournament arcs and tournament style competitions and watching those unfold. Real big minus... I hate sports movies. They are possibly my least favorite genre. They are super formulaic. They rarely bring anything new. So hopefully it ain't going to be down that line. This right, right now, knowing nothing about what anime you're going to show me, it can go either way. Well... Oh, God. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. When it comes to sports and anime, there is a lot of variation. Okay. That's good, I think. But 
it still kind of got that formulaic aspect to it. Uh. Well, because, you know, sports can really only go one of two ways, can't they? Your home team either wins or they lose. And that's kind of your big, broad ending options. But then if you are good, then you have a lot of nuance, detail, you have a bunch of relationships, character building, that the wins or losses impact on both sides, so it's really interesting to wonder all of the ramifications, but unfortunately those are rarely used properly. Uh, believe it or not, Remington, in a lot of sports anime they are used fairly well. Ooh, good to hear, good to hear. Because journey before destination, that's the important thing here. And... They're either going to win or they're going to lose. That big final confrontation. And predicting whether they win or lose, it, it can be entertaining, but it's not really why people watch sports shows or anime. Why they watch is because of the journey and the different characters' reactions to the different conflicts that arise in every game, match, or competition. I've always really liked it, uh, especially in tournament styles, where... Each team or each competitor has an interesting arc of their own, and so when they face off, every victory for anybody is a bittersweet one, you know? Because both people or both teams, they have great reasons to win, and you want both of them to win, but obviously they can't. Like, those are always the best because it gets that nice mix of emotions. I'm gonna tell you right now, Remington, some of the best sports anime have that in spades. Like, I can remember watching a couple different animes where I'm sitting and I'm like, okay, obviously I gotta root for the main guys, right? And then you'll get into a game and then you'll find out that the enemy team needs this win or else all of their seniors are never gonna make it to the inter-high or it's someone's last game or they have an injury or something like that. And you're like, oh, well, now I feel bad for the other team, but at the same time, who do I root for? And thankfully, there are a lot of animes that do this really well. There are also a couple that don't do it too well. Hmm, okay. I'm worried about which camp the one we're covering today falls into. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you, Remington. There are a lot of tropes surrounding sports anime. Okay. And I like to think of setting up a sports anime as a series of sliders. Okay. Because I love sliders. Sliders are nice. FOV, volume, they're so great. They give lots of options. Exactly. Variations. Uh, from one extreme to the other and everything in between. You want to set up a sports anime? You got to play with those sliders a bit. Okay, and what sliders are we working with for a sports anime? Well, for sports anime, you've got the most important one is whether your main character starts off really good or starts off really crappy. Of course. Or some combination thereof. Yeah. Because, of course, every time you have a new sports thing, either you have to have a rookie that's either really good or really specialized or very not good to make it interesting. Then you gotta have another slider with a bunch of other characters, the surrounding characters, to make up the team. Because one person is not a team. Oh, of course. So you can have that slider be a bunch of cookie-cutter stereotypes or a bunch of in-depth, interesting characters yeah. and everything in between. Another slider, for anime specifically is the realism factor. Okay. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Remington, this is the biggest slider and the most conflicting slider. We're going to see, like, a basketball dunk from half court. Yes. Yeah, of course we are. Because it is a subgenre of shonen, most sports anime. Of course. So they like to use a lot of tropes from shonen battle anime. I can enjoy when real things are taken unrealistically 
if they're self-aware and doing it to like have a really fun time as a ridiculous example sharknado the first one <laughs> definitely only the first one i'm talking about here they made a lot of decisions just because they were badass silly and fun and because they were entertaining they worked and because they weren't trying to take themselves too seriously it worked that's why sharknado was such a sensation for a nice terrible ridiculous movie but if you make these ridiculous decisions beyond realism and you just think wow look at this intense moment it really shows how much heart this kid has then it's gonna fall apart you need to be very aware that you're making a decision that's stupid and silly and if you're not it's gonna be bad yep uh... oh god damn it <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting to see how you react to this one. Uh, but definitely when it comes to sports, the realism factor is very important. It's interesting because everything I've learned about sports has come from anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the nerdiest thing I have ever heard you say. Do I look like someone who knows how to sport? Uh, you, you don't, but I don't know. I still had higher expectations, I guess, and I shouldn't have. I am deeply upset that you thought I had an athletic bone in my body. <laughs> I get tired recording this podcast, Remington. <laughs> it's a lot of work. I, I, you, whatever you need to tell yourself, Sean. <laughs> I'm here to support you. They're there to support you. So the more realistic side of sports anime, they will actually go through the mechanics of the gameplay, what they do to get better, the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what makes each individual skill important, the different specialists in that. You know, a lot of very focused technical terms that make it seem a lot more interesting and a lot more in-depth yeah. than just a couple guys throwing a ball around. Of course. Whereas if it, as it leans more towards the shonen battle fantastical side, you got a little bit of the stuff from the realism, but then you've got a lot of things that are like special moves, a lot of fun effects around, like lightning effects or uh, dramatic <laughs> explosions. Yep. Interesting camera angles. Sometimes, sometimes characters will even shout out special moves. Oh my god. And I find that to be fucking hilarious. Special moves. I, you know, that's something I'd accept in real sports. Yeah? Uh, you, you have a, a baseball player up to bat, right? And then the ball is coming in and you just hear them shout out their special move and it goes flying with a lightning bolt and then it gets caught so he's out. Fuck yeah. him. <laughs> and that's actually a very common joke in anime to make fun of shonen is uh, having someone announce a cool special technique and then having it completely whiff. I'm a big fan of anti-humor. That's right down my alley. Yeah. But in a lot of sports anime, they do take it kind of seriously. But at the same time, it's so ridiculous that the viewer can't take it seriously. Like things like just dramatically throwing a ball and then calling it a super throw. Oh, yeah, of course. A super throw. You know, it's not just your normal throw. And my favorite part is when they try to explain the physics behind it. Oh, God. Because this is the thing that shonen anime like to do with their combat. And it translates either really well or really poorly to uh, to sports anime. So it'll be like, oh, I see. He's putting an extra spin on the ball as he's throwing it and twisting his hips. Oh, that way Christ. it gets an extra thrust of power. 
Oh god, okay. I usually don't like that, but there are exceptions. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, Remington. I don't think you're gonna like this anime. Oh, son of a bitch. I was trying to be so optimistic and hopeful. There'll be some things you'll like about it, I think. But overall, it's gonna have a lot of shonen traits that you're not gonna be a fan of. God damn it. But hey, it's colorful. I I like colors? We, okay, so we've talked a lot about sports anime now let's finally talk about what this specific sports anime we're watching today is so remington we're gonna be talking about the anime known as kuroko no basket kuroko no basket okay so b basketball yes okay so i was correct about if if they actually do a dunk from half court then i am clairvoyant <laughs> Okay, so, oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so repeat that title for me. Kuroko no Basket. Kuroko no Basket, and what does that mean? Well, Remington, Japanese is a very complicated language. It means Kuroko's basketball. Oh, of course. Good old Kuroko's basketball. I, I'm going to take a wild guess and say Kuroko is our main character. Kind of. Ki kind of. Really, this is a show... That focuses more on the team overall than the individuals. Okay. It kind of revolves a little around the two main characters, Kuroko and Kagami. Okay. Who are first years in their new high school who both want to play basketball. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, allow me to give you the big fancy dramatic synopsis of this show before we start. All right. So essentially, it starts out like this. Taiko Junior High. A school famous for its basketball team has remained undefeated for three championships in a row. Wow. The reason for their success is known to a group of five players known as the Generation of Miracles. Okay. But unbeknownst to most of the public, there was a phantom sixth member of the Generation of Miracles. What the fuck? What? Wait, what? Oh, just wait. That sixth member is Tetsuya Kuroko. Uh, huh? The story begins when all members of the Generation of Miracles graduate and move on to high school, and they decide to go their separate ways, all going each to a different high school, all aiming to be the best. Okay, so we, we can all see where this is going. Yeah. It's going to be five team battles where he takes down all of his former teammates. That's, they're like final bosses. Basically... Like the the elite four in Pokemon is yeah. kind of a thing. Except there's five of them. The elite five. Well, yeah. you know, with the elite four, there's five of them. Yeah, I guess. The, the champion. Yeah, so it works. Yeah, it works. It works. Um, I, w I was about to make that common joke we make whenever we make a reference to something beyond the anime we're discussing. Blank is my favorite anime. But that would just be Pokemon is my favorite anime and Pokemon is an anime. So that joke doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's some people who didn't realize Pokemon was an anime. Yeah, like, they, because so many people grew up with it, they di they just didn't register the fact that, hey, this is a Japanese cartoon. <laughs> the thinking just goes, I like this, so it can't be anime. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's how a lot of people feel. But at any rate, Kuroko goes to this small school that didn't really have a basketball team before two years ago. Really okay. small school, really small team. Also, Kagami goes to this school as well, and he had spent his entire younger days in America. Okay, we got an American. Is this our first American character? Kind of. He's American, but he's also Japanese. Like, he's a Japanese-American kind of. Yeah. He actually does occasionally speak in English in some uh, instances. Okay, that'll be interesting. I can only remember one specific instance, and it was for the punchline of a joke. Oh, I'm excited. 
I don't think you're going to get to see it. Aww. Because I think it's like in the sixth or seventh episode. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. But Kagami is this huge, red, big basketball player looking kind of guy. Just fresh off the boat, back from America. Wants to join the basketball team because he loves playing basketball. And then you got Kuroko, part of this famous basketball team, also wants to play basketball. Kuroko is our Zac Efron. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, do not compare this to High School Musical. <laughs> oh, this is too high quality, too high class to be compared to High School Musical. I had to be in a production of that show, and uh, yes, everything is higher <laughs> class than that show. I still have nightmares about that, Remington. Oh, those are some good stories. But they are not the stories we're telling today. Back to the anime. Yes. And it starts off with these two characters entering the school on their first day separately because they don't know each other, obviously. Yeah. And they enter, and they're like, oh, there's the basketball team. I'm going to sign up. Kagami just is like, oh, I'm huge. I'm going to sign this up. How do I join? Okay, perfect. Goes. And then it cuts back to the members of the basketball team talking like, oh, okay, cool. So one new, one or two new people. That's nice. Oh, you missed this application sitting here. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kuroko. Huh. I don't remember who this is. Weird. Okay. Just adds the application. Okay. And then it gets into practice where it's like, where everybody starts asking. All right. Who's here? Oh, that's you. That's you. That's you. And is Kuroko here? Kuroko's like, I've been here the whole time. And he had. <laughs> So, remember what? how I said he was the Phantom 6th member of the team? Yeah. And how nobody remembers him? It, he's just short, isn't he? Yes, and he has no presence. Oh my god. Because, <laughs> oh god, one of the funny things about this show is the naming conventions. Okay. Kuroko is literally Shadow. <laughs> nice. So, the whole thing of the Phantom 6th member is the fact that Kuroko has no presence on the court. Okay. And... He's he, just gonna be a little basketball ninja. Basically. Except here's the thing. He sucks at basketball. What the fuck? He can't shoot. He can't dribble very well. He doesn't have good reflexes. But he was part of the miracle team. He's only good at one thing. And what one thing is that? Passing. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, but don't... don't Get worried now. He's really good at passing. That, yeah, that's fine. But everybody needs to be good at passing and everything else. No, apparently not, man. Oh, uh, nah, nah, nah. The Phantom Six member, he only is good at passing and he supports all the other players. Hence the uh, shadow. But no. Oh, yeah, no, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, no, he can't shoot. He's just really bad at everything except for passing, which he's really good at. So here, here's what I'm going to guess. Kagami is going to be real good at shooting and dunking or some crap like that because he's real big. And so what it's going to largely amount to is passing to Kagami and then Kagami taking a shot and that'll be that. In some cases, yes. Uh... But Kagami is kind of a basketball prodigy. They constantly say he has the potential to be as good as the Generation of Miracles. Ah, so he's the Zac Efron. I really hate that comparison. <laughs> is this going to be every time we talk about something remotely basketball related? Yes. Oh, dear God. Thank God there's only like two or three basketball anime I can think of. Hey, that's more than I expected, but I don't know why I expected so few. Yeah, and that's what the show is, is it's their journey to get better, to work together as a team to try and usurp this daunting force that is the generation of miracles. Okay, 
I don't think I'm going to like it. Oh, I didn't think you were at all. <laughs> the reason a lot of people like this show is because of the animation, the choreography, the dramatic tension it sometimes builds. But really, Remington, the biggest reason people like this show is because of one of the sliders. This is probably the most amusing slider to talk about uh, when it comes to sports anime, but it is there every sports anime. Oh, yeah? I ca like to call it the homoerotic slider. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> because sports anime reign from not all that homoerotic, little bit gay, all the way to straight up literally gay. I, this is an unexpected turn of events. Mm-hmm. And part of my mission for you is to try and have you pinpoint exactly where on that slider this show <laughs> oh, lands. I, I mean, I got a bit of a hunch, the fact that the slider exists and is being brought up. Yeah, and because sports anime are usually directed towards young men because of, you know, passion, fury, you know, manly toughness, sports, yeah. this show's audience is mostly female. Oh, okay. And you know why that is, Remington? Is it because they like seeing that teenage man love? Everybody has ships that they want to set sail. Toot toot. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the biggest things about sports anime is uh, a lot of the fan base will be like, well, these guys are totally going to get together. I mean, if... Even though most of the time the characters don't show any kind of inclination for that. If they have really good chemistry, then maybe... That's not always the case. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. But Kuroko in a Basket is interesting because it goes over the top with its shonen qualities and it has a lot of fun effects and some actual basketball facts and techniques that are actually used in real life. A lot more fantastical than your standard basketball affair because it wouldn't be as interesting if it was just normal run, 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 shoot, run, 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 run shoot, block, run, that kind of thing. Of course. I mean, who'd want to just watch a basketball game? I can't even imagine. There's not even characters with different color hair. <laughs> and I think that's basically all I need to tell you to get you prepared for this one. It's going to be a bit of an interesting one. We're going to have to watch four episodes. Oh, God. Just because at the fourth episode is the end of one game. Okay. And it would be a bit silly to not finish it until the end of a game. All right, let's let's do it. All right, let's go. Watch some Kuroko no Basket. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after watching approximately four episodes of Kuroko no Basket. Remington, how you feeling, bud? Do you feel pumped? Do you feel ready for sports? Sean? Yeah? When I was growing up, I sincerely enjoyed basketball. My best friend loved basketball. He wanted to grow up and be an NBA player, so I played a whole lot of basketball. And with this anime, I was unsure how I was going to feel about it. And then for the first three minutes went into it, I started to realize, oh... I might actually like this. And then the preceding 60, it all went downhill, crashed catastrophically. Really? That bad, huh? I hate this anime. Hate it? How could you hate it? It's such a pure, innocent look into the sports-loving teenager. It's so obnoxious. It's so ham-fisted. It is so convoluted and stupid. Stupid? Yes, very stupid. How could it be stupid? It's about basketball and sports. 
Now, let me say right off the bat, you can do sports movies properly. And let me also continue to say that I am not a part of the circle jerk that goes, oh, all people who like sports or all people who play sports are dumb and one-dimensional or simple. No, that's all ridiculous. That's all absurd. But let me say right now that this anime is doing them no favors whatsoever. This anime is terrible on every level every level care to expound on that oh boy oh boy Let, let's start with the characters characters are my favorite part so let's save the important ones for last okay which funnily enough in this anime they they say they rate all their characters equally <laughs> what oh yeah yeah no uh as the show progresses each character gets their own little story arc well except for the silent guy the silent guy gets no character development whatsoever. This, uh, no, okay. The character development was non-existent in the first four episodes. None of the characters are interesting. There are four characters. Four? There are only four characters. Now, don't get me wrong. There are other people involved who have been given titles or names, but 90% of them were introduced at the end of episode four. And the way they were introduced is, by the way, this person is this, this is their superpower. This person is that, this is what they do. This person over here, this is what they do. And that person, they do this. All right, let's go. And that's, that's not how you create well-rounded characters in a well-rounded environment so we understand, oh wow, look at this team that I really deeply care about and all their relationships that are super meaningful. No! Fuck no! <laughs> oh, but Remington, what about the bond of manly friendship between the different players? You know, you got all those side characters with their normal-ass hair colors. Yeah, you, you either are one of the Miracle Generation, in which case you have a special hair color. You are Kagami, who has a sort of maroonish hair color. Or you are a brunette. That's it. You are 100% a brunette. Oh, that's not accurate. They have black hair, too. I guess there are a handful of black-haired people. I guess you're right. So let's get into some specifics. Uh, starting with the uh, lesser cared about members of Seiren. Let's talk about arguably the best of those characters, Hyuga Junpei. He's the glasses guy who'd made all the threes. Oh, he made all the trees. He had a split personality. How do I know that? It's not because I saw it. It's just because they told me that. Well, they kind of showed it a little bit. He's usually pretty calm, but as soon as the game happens, he starts getting a little more toxic and violent. I, I guess... Okay. Th this anime did a whole lot of, this is this person, this is their one character trait that you need to know. There you go. <laughs> okay, okay. What about uh, some of the other guys? Uh, there was Izuki and Mitobe. Mitobe's the big silent one who doesn't actually have a voice actor because he doesn't say a fucking thing ever. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know any of the people talking. They're just the other team members. No? They all look nearly identical because the art style has a real difficult time distinguishing them. Art style, if I can call it that. There weren't a lot of strong stylistic decisions. A couple were made for the basketball games, but 
in terms of like the world and the characters there is so little stylization going on it looks as blank anime as you could possibly imagine but look at the colorful hair remington oh the colorful hair oh lovely <laughs> okay fine so you're not a fan of the, those supporting players then how about we talk about their coach their fierce strong violent borderline sexually harassing coach okay so they have a coach she's a second year student and that's weird first of all why you don't have an adult at all a part of the program i'm not sure how that's allowed or okay i especially found it disturbing the hazing type behavior at one point she threatens if they don't succeed in their goals they're going to have to show up naked which isn't acceptable she also forces them all to go shirtless some really weird sexual harassment undertones considering imagine if the roles were reversed it was like a volleyball team with a bunch of girls and you had a student male coach telling them all to do that that sounds real messed up and that's because regardless of the roles they're in it's really messed up that being said she was one of the more interesting characters i guess do you even remember her name hell no <laughs> i can't i can hardly tell you the main characters names let alone anybody else her name is rico ida of course, good old Rico Ida. Yeah. Okay, so Rico Ida, slight positive then? I guess. Yeah, I mean... But, Reluctantly so. But she needed to get a good sense of how her players uh, were stat-wise. Oh my god, okay, okay. Let's, let's talk about this for a moment. Oh, what's the problem? You don't like the idea of someone just looking at someone and perfectly quantifying their abilities exactly? Yeah, so with her... With, with little Miss Ida, what she does, she looks at shirtless men and she immediately assigns stats to all of their real life qualities. And the way she can do that is because her dad was a sports physician or something like that. So she grew up with that. So she just learned how to be able to do all of that and read how great people are in every single physical attribute ever imaginable. Now. I hate this because it totally has that feeling of, I'm, I'm getting flashbacks from like, oh, it's over 9,000, so powerful, just good old Dragon Ball Z. And whenever you have things like that, you introduce power creep where, oh wow, you are unbelievably stronger than anything I've ever seen. Well, now all of a sudden we are matching your strength. Oh, but now we've seen something new that is unbelievably stronger than anything we have ever seen. And then you just keep repeating the process till it's virtually meaningless. Also, it just doesn't make sense. It would maybe it would be a lot better, I think, if she was like, for example, a super strategic gamer or something. Then you could even have a little plot line of like, why is she coaching if she's just into games and not sports? But it's because she's so analytical. And so those numbers would be her way of doing that because that's how her games work. But no, she's just a sports physician's daughter. Why does she do it like that? How does that even work? Why does everybody have superpowers? I don't get it. <laughs> Uh, what if I told you that uh, the deeper into the show you get, the more you forget that she has that ability because she just doesn't use it half the time? In a way, that's good because it's stupid, but in another way, that's terrible because you could have just not done it. <laughs> My favorite part is how she says that she can see all these different numbers, 
but she never describes what the numbers mean, and we have no idea what the numbers mean. We just see a bunch of random numbers in the thousands range, and we just have to assume that they're good or bad. Yeah, you just see a bunch of numbers, usually four to six, and she says, oh, wow, that's average. Wow, that's below average. Oh, my goodness, these are some of the highest stats I've ever seen. And that's it. <laughs> it's very akin to Sword Art Online, how it was like, here's some mechanics. That's all. We're not going to explain them or expound on them or use them. We're just going to have them exist. What if I told you that this anime came out about the same time as Sword Art Online? Doesn't surprise me. This is just the time of terrible. The time of terrible. Yes. Not anime specifically, just terrible in general? Yes. 2012 was a harsh year, folks. It's when the world ended and when anime really hit its stride. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> so, you know, you're okay with her character, just not so much her abilities and the sexual harassment. Yeah, she, she's my favorite character, and you've seen how much I've complained. She's my second favorite character, and you've seen how much I complained about her. So that should tell you something. Okay. And we watched the first four episodes, which for those of you who have seen it, know that encompasses uh, the team formation and the first game with one of the members of Generation of Miracles. Yep. And the member they faced was the weakest of the five, known by the name of Ryota Kisei. Good old Kisei. Yep. Who is presented as this super hot pretty boy model who is good at everything he does just after cop watching people and copy yeah his superpower is that he can copy anybody after seeing them once wow and kisei is probably my favorite character though i don't like him much either <laughs> and why is that remington these positives are like he's interesting and he's not all evil he's a bit of an asshole but he has a compassionate side and he has sincere flaws he's the most well-rounded character that we've seen in the entire show so far easily okay but at the same time he's not that well-rounded he's still pretty damn one-dimensional what the pretty boy yellow thing isn't really cutting it for you yeah, no, he he's just he just copycat. He's just a pretty boy. That's it. That's all he is. And he's yellow. And he's yellow. That's important. Okay, okay. Uh, you only saw a brief glimpse of him near the end of the fourth episode. Oh, the green man. Yep. His name is Midorima. Midorima. Okay. Which Midori is green. Of of course it is. Yeah. And he, he had, like, wrapped up fingers for some reason. Maybe it has to do with his superpower. Who knows? And he likes horoscopes, and he's super lazy, and I don't care. You don't care? Nah. Uh, what if I told you his special ability was that he could shoot from just about anywhere in the... <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> Why? Yeah. We'll have this discussion more in depth in just a moment once we finish with the characters. They really should have just all been given superpowers. All right, let's let's talk about another character. Okay, okay. I think really the only people left to talk about, aside from, you know, the small minor characters that you don't give a rat's ass about, yep. uh, are the two main characters, the ones that kind of center the show, you know? it's the, They're the two that everybody focuses on. Yep. And that is both Kagami and Kuroko. Yep, so we'll, we'll start with 
Kagame, who is just an utter asshole in every regard. He wants to be the best basketball player ever. He comes from America and everyone's like, wow, that's the source of basketball, which feels vaguely racist. Like if you had a Japanese friend uh, or a friend who came from Japan who then enrolled in martial arts and you're like, wow, you must be amazing at it. You're from Japan. It's like, ah, it seems a bit racist. I mean, a little bit. Uh, it seems pretty racist. Okay, maybe a lot of bit. But hey, if you're going to train in a specific thing, go into the place where it originated seems like a good idea. Sure. But it's not like these are adults who are going to these training centers. They were just in middle school. So it's like, oh, look at little 14-year-old me. Wow, I'm such a badass. You were 14. Nobody cares what you did when you were 14. I mean, I cared. No, you but, shouldn't have. But I was wrong. You were wrong. I was so wrong. I still have the, the traumatic the, flashbacks. The only person who should care about your 14-year-old memories is you when you were 14. That's it. Yeah, that was a very dark time in my life, Remington. <laughs> I can still remember all the pain, the frustration, and the strange feelings. That was a very bad time for me. I know, Sean. We're past that now. <laughs> we're all the stronger for it, but we should never go back. <laughs> but yeah, Kagami, just like everyone else, is super one-dimensional. He's angry. He's an asshole. He just wants to beat everybody. Wow. I mean, he does get a bit more emotional and flushed out as the show progresses you know he learns to rely on others more more focuses on teamwork things like that but it takes a long fucking time i'm sure that all the characters get flashed out cool but i've spent two hours of my life with this show watching these first four episodes and no character means anything i understand if you need an episode or two to get on your feet but if over four episodes your every single one of your characters are completely one-dimensional including the only two characters that you have really given a rat's ass about there's a problem there <laughs> yeah but, so i can understand that and you don't like him because he's loud obnoxious a brat but at least he's good at sports <sighs> He is indeed good at sports, and it's fine that he's loud, obnoxious, all of that. Those characters tend to be my favorite. It's just that he's so boring with all of that stuff. It, he has no nuance, no details, no self-reflection. This show has no wit. It has nothing clever. It has nothing smart or creative about it. It's got basketball superpowers, though. It does have a lot of basketball superpowers. Oh, but they're not superpowers. They're just really... Why weren't they given superpowers? Every single goddamn main character and even sub-main character basically has a one-dimensional superpower, and that just never explained. And it would be so much better if they actually had superpowers. Just light superpowers and they're playing ball maybe they're mutants maybe maybe they're different androids maybe they are superheroes i don't care but then you don't need to explain because you don't anyway all of these ridiculous powers that you have 
but how could the kids relate to them unless they have that realistic undertone? I know, there are no children's shows out there about any superheroes, androids, mutants, or anything like that in the slightest. Okay, how do you feel about Kuroko? I hate him. I hate him so much. Oh, you hate him, but he's so shy and quiet and yeah. And invisible. Did I mention he was invisible? Also, he's oh, invisible. Oh boy. I sound like a broken record a lot on this podcast when it comes to main male protagonists because they're all bland bitches. And Kuroko, 100% embodies he's the blandest of bitch protagonists we have ever seen to the point where that's his character he's so boring so meaningless so void that that is his entire character now something that is so annoying so the the joke is that he's invisible that's his power he's so invisible he'll be there in the entire time and nobody notices him in the first two episodes i am not lying when i say this joke is pulled every Every two to three minutes and there's no variation every time it's the exact same Kuroko shows up and then whoever he's around is like oh my goodness when did you get here I've been here the entire time what you're so invisible and then moments later what when did you get here I've been here the entire time wow you're so invisible and then a few moments later what when did you get here I've been here the entire time wow you're so invisible and it keeps repeating and repeating and repeating and it's never funny, it's never interesting, it's done the exact same way every single time. I understand, if you find a good joke, you can have variations on a theme, and you can really milk it for all it's worth, but this was terrible. What was the definition of insanity again? Oh, I know you're going for the Einstein quote, but at this point, just place my picture next to the dictionary definition. <laughs> So I'm reaching there. Yeah, that's understandable. And furthermore, his superpower is being invisible, right? Which, first of all, is somewhat ludicrous when, you know, you're a human being and later they try to give some bullshit about how it's misdirection, which then they don't really expound on at all. And I'm a magician, so that somewhat pisses me off, but that's fine. That's okay. My biggest gripe, how can he be the invisible one when he has bright blue motherfucking hair? He is the most main character looking guy out there. Oh, he's so invisible. But Remington, he has such a pale complexion and light ha colored hair compared to the other darker, more saturated hair colors. Therefore, he has to be hard to see. Oh, yeah. And then he'll just show up randomly and he'll be like, oh, my God, when did you get here? And he'll be like, I was on the court the entire time. They'll be like, I didn't even know you were playing. I thought you were invisible. Keep repeating. <laughs> Sounds like you're, uh, you're a little fed up with all the consistent invisible references. That's because they never end, and they're always the exact same. Something else that bothered me, Kuroko has no chemistry with any character whatsoever. None of the characters have any chemistry with each other. And that was especially apparent in two instances revolving around Kuroko. One, Kuroko and Kagami, because they just, they start out not hating each other, but Kagami hates Kuroko, and Kuroko is a feelingless void, so he doesn't feel anything. And then all of a sudden, they still aren't friends, but they are friends. Nothing has changed or developed, but now they're hanging out, I guess, so that's cool. Well, they had that great emotional moment in the, I believe, first episode, where they describe how Kuroko is a shadow 
go figure because his name is literally, you know, black outline shadow, you know. And Kagami is the uh, is the light because he's good at the sport and Kuroko isn't, so they... The, these sons of bitches, in this moment that Sean is talking about, they have the audacity to, with full sincerity and completely seriously, no irony and no self-awareness, have Kuroko say, you know, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. And then it pans over to Kuroko's shadow and the lights get more intense on both of them, emphasizing their shadows. And it was the most melodramatic bullshit moment I've seen in so long. And if this was done in jest, if it was done in a like, look how crazy and wacky we're being, maybe it could have been nice. But no, they were taking themselves completely serious. They were like, when writing, they were like, yeah, this is some real deep shit, man. This is meaningful this is the heart of this anime <laughs> but don't you like how kuroko and kagami are opposite personality wise are they opposites they're just one meant one is loud and an asshole the other one's quiet and meaningless it's not like you have somebody who's super charitable or anything they're they're just they just both suck <laughs> And then the, the second example of a complete lack of chemistry and this one i was very disappointed in was kuroko with Kisei, the other member of the Generation of Miracles, because I think it would have been so much more interesting if the Generation of Miracles were still friends and didn't end on bad terms. Maybe you have like one asshole member to add a little bit of intrigue, but otherwise here are all these friends who are amazing competing against each other, friendly rivalry, each one with a specific skill in mind, right? Because then you would have that interesting level. It's always more interesting when it isn't blind hatred, when it isn't just like, I'm gonna beat you. And it would also make a moment where Kisei goes to Kuroko and is like, maybe you should join our team. You and I can work together again. It would make that moment a lot more interesting. But instead, Kuroko is just like, no, I'm gonna stay on this team. I made a promise. Even though he has no relationship with anybody there. <laughs> Oh man, it's almost like you hate the fact that there isn't a lot of focus on the individual characters themselves. Not the characters, not the relationships, not the world, not the ideas. It's literally just, here's some interesting basketball montages, except they're not interesting basketball montages. They take two episodes, they're 90% montage and meaningless montage where it's just like, oh wow, look, a person is catching, a person just shot, oh, it went through the hoop, but not in chronological order. You're just seeing like bits and pieces of basketball type things occurring with occasional bits of 20 seconds of dialogue happening mid-match with nobody doing anything about it. Meanwhile, only three players ever matter at any given time. Everything is... T the, the one thing it should have going for it is the basketball games and those were terrible. Well, I will say once again uh, for all the fans of this show... It does get better as it goes on, but the problem is, it is such a slow burn, slow start that most people do drop it after the first couple episodes if they're not curious enough to see how things develop. Because a lot of the interesting parts of the show is figuring out how they're going to beat these different super basketball players, what their abilities are, and the journey uh, to find that skill along the way. You know, your typical road to success story or road to failure as some of these sports anime tend to end. You see, and I think 
it could be really interesting to see wow okay so here is our opponent's really great skill really amazing ability here how can we outsmart them rather than outplay them because frankly we are not as good that would be an interesting premise and there were elements of that where they're like okay let's find the weakness of this other team but every solution was the stupidest thing at one point it's like i know a way he cannot copy us and then they go and then they do it and you're like oh wow what is this going to be and then for some reason kagami defies the laws of physics and just flies for a moment because why the fuck not and then kagami scores a buzzer beater and that was the plan he can't copy you if you score at the very end of the game whoa ah, cool <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, no. As... And then, wait, wait, one more thing. Oh, you're gonna interrupt me. I see how it is. One more thing. After this game, they're playing with Kisei the copycat. After the first quarter, they're getting their ass kicked a little bit. But then, their coach has the audacity to mention that Kuroko is their secret weapon and the weakness to Kisei. But Kuroko has been in the game for the entire first quarter. You can't be like, here's our secret weapon that we're going to unleash now when it's been what you've been doing and losing with this whole time. That's not how that works. But they took him out for two quarters, so they aren't used to his um, lack of presence anymore. So it kind of reset him a little bit. This was before that happened, and even after that, he was just 100% after getting bloodied in the head by accident, which could have been an interesting moment, but wasn't. It was just left behind, because of course it was. Everything was terrible. And they actually did better without Kuroko than they did with him! Oh, but didn't you hear the conversation saying, this is difficult, we can't keep this up forever? But Kuroko also could not keep it up! They mentioned how he had crappy stamina! Yeah, that's true. But he did get to rest for two quarters. Oh boy, oh boy, what a hero. And my favorite part is the solution to beating them. Oh my god. So, they, they go in, and so far, the basic strategy for the longest time was that you have Kuroko, and since he can pass real well, he's going to pass to Kagami, and then Kagami is going to score. And that's the, the brunt of the plan. But then, they come up with this revolutionary idea that completely wrecks the other team because the other team doesn't know how to handle it and that crazy plan is guys what if we passed the ball to one another <laughs> well to be more specific they pass the ball to kagami then back to kuroko then back to kagami yeah yeah uh, essentially it was just that kagami would occasionally pass and they're like oh my god kagami is passing the ball i don't know how to handle this i don't know how to handle a basketball game where the players are doing one of the main functions of basketball how does this work you seem a little a little upset my friend i am because this anime was so terrible all right this is the part where i tell you what it's rated on on mal Oh, God. 8.37. How? Okay. Okay. Every time you give me this rating, there's never been a low rating. They've all been insanely high. I don't know why this is. If somebody wants to write to us and explain to me personally, give a layman's explanation for why all of these terrible anime are getting such high ratings, I would love that because I'm really confused. With this anime, 10% of every episode was crappy flashback. There was nothing worthwhile in any regard about it. 
Everything was terrible. Everything was convoluted. The humor fell flat 100% of the time. And because it took itself so seriously with its absurdity, there were so many times where I couldn't even tell if it was trying to be humorous or if it was just another really bad moment of trying to be profound. It was so bad. <laughs> so out of curiosity, Remington, compared to some of the other stuff we've watched, where would you place this one? It's not at the very bottom, but I would say it's about, like, a fourth from the bottom. It would be, like, the third or fourth worst that we've seen. Wow. Like, it, it just had no redeeming qualities. Well, why do you think people like it so much, then? Because they really like sports? Well, we know that's not true. <laughs> people who watch anime do not like sports that much. And then I guess just the, the shipping community. The shipping community and the sports community, that's it. But I'll be honest, if you're really into shipping, there are way better anime to do it with. Characters who actually have chemistry and who are more attractive just because they have more stylized artwork than literally nothing. Oh, no, they have different colors, though, Rem. Oh, they do have different colors. There's the style. And all their names are based on their colors, which I find hilarious. Like, it was just so, so bad. But, yeah, no, most of the value people find in the show is from the later basketball games when things get a little more intense, a little more supernatural in a lot of ways, even though they never address it. And, of course, toot toot, the ships. Of course. Because everybody loves a good ship, apparently. And that's where a lot of the value in this show seems to come from for most people. Me, personally, by no means is it the worst sports anime I've ever seen. Oh, God. I have seen some really crappy sports anime. Really crappy sports anime. Like, it's ridiculous. Can't wait for those. Oh, it'll be a fun time. And before we got to the second part, I asked you to think where you put this on my uh, slider scale of things. My uh, oh, yes. homoerotic slider, as it were. Where do you think it lands on that? Uh, I would say like a 3 out of 10. Not not super homoerotic. Okay, that's about where I put it as well. There's some little things here and like there. Like Kisei 100%, he is ready to bang anything in sight. <laughs> but other than that, it it's pretty straight. Yeah, I like to think that too. But a lot of people will obviously shift it more towards their, uh, their fantasies. I would, under, like, for example, in Madoka Magica, I said the two main girls, they have fantastic chemistry. If they got together, I'd be fine with that. In this, the two main guys, zero chemistry at all. They don't like each other. They aren't interested in each other. They don't give a single shit about one another. There's no warmth, no connection, no bond at all. There does develop bond as the show goes on. But again, that's so... Maybe by episode 38, they'll actually care. Eh, it's closer to, like, episode 15, I think. Oh, God. But, yeah, it takes so long. It's such a slow burn. It's like, you're not even certain you've lit in the candle in the first place. It's like, is, is this on fire? Uh, no. Oh, it's invisible, that's why. Yeah, I'm definitely ready to be done with this anime forever. <laughs> well, we'll have to see about that. Oh, just shut the, shut up. Shut the fuck up. There fuck are you. three seasons of this anime. Why? A total of 75 episodes. That's 75 too many. But aren't you curious to see how their journey goes? Nope. Don't you want to know about all the other generation of miracles? Nope. Don't you want to know how they could possibly beat these gods of basketball? Nope. Do you even like basketball anymore, Rem? I'm starting to question that myself, Shia. <laughs> and I will be straight up with you, Rem. This is by no means the best basketball anime. 
I it's meaningless to me at this point, Sean. I actually have one that I've been watching that I think is better because it takes a little bit more of a realistic approach and actually has some comedy. We'll talk about that later. Oh, yay. Before we go, Rem, would you like to watch some more Kuroko no Basket with me? No. You sure? Yup. Well, and here I thought this was going to be a slam dunk. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And actually, we've got a little something special going on. You're not going to believe this, but we actually got some emails. We got a couple of recommendation emails, which Sean saw. I do not take a look at those so that they, I'm not spoiled from them, but he's going to take them into consideration, and he's going to probably put them earlier on the list if possible. I have no idea what they are, so I won't know when they happen, but he'll give you a shout-out when it happens. And they are good recommendations. If you have any ideas of what you want Rem to have to sit through, let me know. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, shoot an email our way. But Sean, uh, there, were, there was one email, and I, I asked you not to read this one. Uh, be, it was our first one. It was our first email that we got. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it. And so I'm going to share it with you, and I hope that you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, so it's it's from uh, Chris. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave Chris's last name out. Okay. And Chris asks, uh, he asks us a question, so it's not a correction, and he asks, uh, Hey guys, do you reply to all of your emails? <laughs> I love that that's our first one. So I reply to it, and the fact that it was our first one, yes. Yes, we do. Oh, yes, every email. 100% of that one email we had replied to at that point. <laughs> I, was I was concerned why you didn't want me to read an email. I just found it real funny and wanted to share it with you on the podcast. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank you, Chris. That was really... Uh... That was really nice of you. So if you guys enjoyed our show, feel free to drop a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher. And if you guys want to send a comment, question, concern, feedback whatsoever, send it on over to animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we can't wait to see you next time. Hopefully this next anime will be worth a 3 point.